Hey guys, Wednesday, September 8th at Red Rocks Amphitheater, the best place to watch a concert in the world, in my opinion. AEG Presents is thrilled to announce Burt Kreischer live at Red Rocks. Like I said, on Wednesday, September 8th, he's joined by Mark Normand. It's time to get your tickets. All you got to do is download the Red Rocks app before your visit, which you should already have by now, to be honest. It's a great app and so easy to purchase your tickets onto your favorite show or concert. Use that to purchase your tickets to Burt Kreischer. He's joined by Mark Normand at Red Rocks on Wednesday, September 8th. He's super funny. He's an American stand-up comedian, actor, writer, and host who performs to sell out crowds across the country. Lucky for us, he's coming to Red Rocks, the best place to watch a concert on earth. So make sure to download the Red Rocks app today. Grab your tickets to see Burt Kreischer with Mark Normand on Wednesday, September 8th at Red Rocks. That's Burt Kreischer and Mark Normand. September 8th at Red Rocks. All ages are welcome. Get your tickets on the Red Rocks app today. What is up, everybody? We're finally live. We made it. We finally made it online. Welcome into the DMBA show, the DMBA Nuggets podcast. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, of course. Uh, when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, make sure to use code DNVR when you sign up. Tons and tons of great deals going on on DraftKings, as always. I got a hell of a cast with me today. Uh, I've got Brendan Vote to my left in a great-looking flower shirt. What's up, man? Uh, ready to go, man. Ready to go. Running a little late, thanks to the Broncos guys. Uh, tight streaming schedule. If only there was someone I could hold responsible for the whole streaming like a head of streaming or something i would blame that person if that existed i don't want to be too hard on kale he's literally producing like every show we have going on the dnvr network right now so, he's so stressed he's so stressed. <laughs> i'm gonna cut him a little slack but i think our show is more important than a bronco show that that's just my personal opinion that's what i'm saying but i'm just yeah. one man yeah i'm also joined by the man the myth the legend superstar dev is back Dude, what have you been up to, man? It's great to see you. Well, first off, uh, Harrison, like the background. Um, and then Brennan, you have the bikini bottom shirt on. So <laughs> this is this. I'm, I'm excited to be back with the gang. I missed you guys. I missed uh, all of the the people that have you, uh, my DMVR family. I'm back. I'm back. He's back, baby. My biggest question, Dev, is what the hell have you been up to for the last couple months? Uh, see, I just I, I work all the time, so just Do like you know? I'm working, I'm also working. Hmm. What I don't believe you. I feel like you've made up this second job. That would be very on brand. I wish that I did make it up. <laughs> like there's there's too much proof and there's too much time that's put into the second job. There's actually two other jobs. <laughs> I was wondering if you had just hit it so big on DraftKings, you just moved away to a private island and just pieced out on all of us without any notice. Oh, man, that would have been so good. But I would have tried to do updates to make sure that you guys felt it. I want you guys to feel everything that's happening with videos and pictures and things like that. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, we got a cool show planned today. Guys, it's the one-year anniversary of Jamal Murray's Game 6 against the Jazz from the 2020 playoffs, which was only a year ago, but it was two playoffs ago, which hmm. is still throwing me off. Um, so 
we're going to relive that because I think it's the most iconic playoff performance in Nuggets history. And then we're going to get into the Monday mailbag. We got tons of great questions from Twitter, from the DNVR Discord. So we are going to get to that. Um, but yeah, let's start with game six because that was a year ago today. August 30th, 2020, the Nuggets beat the Jazz 119-107. Vote, do you have any just kind of lasting takeaways or, or lasting images in your mind f- from that day? It was only a year ago, but but it seems like it was uh, more than that. Sure. I mean, well, this is the Jamal post-game interview game, correct? Uh, where yes. Where he delivers yes. that iconic interview. So that's the first thing. That's the first thing that comes to mind. But as far as just, you know, sort of placing myself back in the moment that the, the senses, what I was feeling, the back-to-back performances by Jamal Murray prior to this game were so impressive that I'm sitting here thinking, well, I'm sure this is where some of that magic starts to run out. I mean, maybe he looks good, but it's more like, you know, 25, 4, and 3. It, it's the tier one guys that can do something like that three games in a row. Uh, and then by the fourth quarter of this game, what I'm really thinking is, oh, maybe I, I was just so wrong about Jamal. Maybe he <laughs> he either is or can be one of those guys because this is this is just getting ridiculous. Yeah. Dev, what about you? Any just lasting memories from, from this day a year ago? Yeah, I mean, this this was I think this was his moment. This was the Jamal Murray moment in um, which is wild to say, just because when you think about the run to get to this point and this just capped it off. Um, Nuggets down double digit deficit um, with, you know, the series on the line, pretty much. Um, They come back Jamal Murray with 50 points. And and that was like his third straight game with at least 40 points. Um, And to go off for 50 points on a, on a day that meant so much to so many, uh, this was the Jamal Murray moment that, that really put him over the edge uh, and it makes everyone just like so so comfortable. Uh, this is the the what makes him feel like he's comfortable. That was the maybe the moment right there. That play where they went to him and he just kind of had that smirk on his face. Yeah, that that maybe you felt like okay, this could be another special one because yeah, like you guys said, he had fifty in game four, uh, fifty points, eleven rebounds, seven assists in a loss. And then game five, 42 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. And then this game six, 55 and six on 17 of 24 shooting, nine of 12 from three. You know, the guy shot 71% in this game. And just watching these highlights, man, the utmost confidence. The, yeah, that's, this guy, this guy could do anything he wanted and he knew it. That's the thing. I'm sitting here thinking, wondering, can he do it for a third straight game? But this is over and done with in Jamal's mind. He's there. He's in that zone. He, whereas we're thinking Jamal knows and you can see it. I mean, even in the first quarter, they go down in this game again and Jamal never really gets too down or too exasperated. There's, there's, you know, he gets so fired up by the end of the game, but at the start, there's almost this calm kind of, he knows he's going to get his chances and he knows he's going to knock him down. Yeah. I mean, it was just pretty apparent that he felt like they had no answer for him <laughs> with whatever he did. High pick and roll with Jokic. Like, yeah, I can, you know, get a step on my guy. I can oh just pull God. up from three. No pick and roll. I can, you know, hit the step back or, or take my guy to the rim. Here's the play, though, this right is the here. One. Yeah. 
<laughs> Three on one fast break. Nuggets are pulling away at this point, up 11. He's got Michael Porter Jr. running the floor on one side, Jeremy Grant on the other side, and just decides to take the pull-up three. Um, that takes some cojones, man. And just yeah. so emotional. It was just such, a, such an emotional day for him um, and really the world, like, to just come back to this type of game. Um, and that's on the other end, Donovan Mitchell is going berserk, like for them to have that type of duel and it to mean so much. Um, and then to go out and, and take these type of plays like those are not none of those plays were easy. He, he right. willed the Nuggets into a victory on these type of plays. That is, that's wild. And then to go and give like the most classic. I think it's the most classic um, interview of all time after mm-hmm. um, the game. Like it's, it's the signature moment. Yeah. And it's he's also at the point now where there's no such thing as a bad shot, right? I mean, you can't there's no point in litigating his approach because him just pulling up and shooting at this point is as high percentage a look as any as any real basketball player action you might run. And so by the fourth quarter, you're just like, dude, it's in your hands. It is you you take whatever shot you want, and both the team and the fan base, everyone's comfortable with it at that point. I feel like, like Dev said, this is obviously the the iconic moment of Jamal Murray's career so far. You know, it's going to be really tough to top that specific game. Uh, 50 points with the season on the line with that post-game interview. Like, I don't know what he can do to possibly top that other than like win an NBA championship. Win a title. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But that's obviously the defining moment of his career so far. I think it's the most iconic Nuggets playoff performance ever. If you just think about what he did during the game, 50 points, then the post-game interview. I mean, there were a bunch of them in the bubble. The Nuggets have had great playoff moments before. Uh, Carmel Anthony's had a huge game. Like, they've had guys hit 40 points before. But to go for 50 with that game, it's going to take a lot to, like, top that for a single-game performance, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, you think about the circumstances surrounding it. So it's got to be, he becomes, as Dev mentioned earlier, he becomes the first player since Allen Iverson in roughly 20 years to go for 40 in three straight games. And he's doing it in the middle of a 3-1 comeback. So to set that stage to play at that level, I don't really know if we're, I mean, you could talk about titles, getting the whole thing done. And and, and that's going to be like this big sort of goal achieved. But as far as how well one player can play in an individual playoff run, even with guys like Yoke and Porter on the team. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we ever see any, any nugget top that, that two series or at least, you know, five game run from Jamal. Yeah. And then when you look at the idea of Jokic being a first team, uh, all NBA type of player alongside him. And then knowing what Michael Porter Jr. Can be and was and is going to be to have Jamal like step in as a second tier type player and put up, astronomical numbers like a huge performance it just shows like the type of player that he can be when he's at his best and when he's at his peak no one else is doing those type of things and yeah. and that was i'm telling with with donovan mitchell playing just as good as him right. and matching him in every single aspect that's like one of the most classic series of all time yeah it really is an all-time series man those games are just oh my god those games are absolutely ridiculous and um it's crazy to think about how Jamal stepped up because my recollection of that series, at least to start, 
was that Rudy Gobert was defending Nikola Jokic pretty well. Yeah. You know, if you just think about how Nikola Jokic fares against all defenders and then how he fared against Rudy Gobert, at least how it seemed over the first couple games of that series, Rudy Gobert really defended him as well as anybody has. And it's funny if you look back on the box score. Yeah, Yoke had 29 in game one. That went to overtime. He still had 28 in game two. Then had the really bad game in that disastrous game three. Uh, Yoke had 15 points. Then had like 29 and 31. Then he had 30 points in game seven. Yoke did it. And of course, like the classic game winner over Gobert. So all things considered, Yoke still had a pretty good series. A very good series. Right. Gobert did defend him well. I think you can say like, both of those things were true, but there definitely was some recognition from Jamal. That was like, all right, like I got to be the guy yeah. I'm going toe to toe with Donovan Mitchell. This is the matchup. That's probably going to define the series. Yeah. There's no two time, or I don't know what he was at that point, defensive player of the year matching up with Jamal. And so it's got to be him. I also think was it game four guys where, where yoke has the 21 point first quarter. I want to say, yeah, yeah it was. We talked about this together, but you can that's where this dynamic sort of comes in play and starts to turn the series. But by game six, rewatching these highlights, this was what stood out to me. You can see how torn Rudy Gobert is because Jamal can't miss anything at the rim. He's getting around everyone. He's knifing through everything. But Yoke is really starting to knock down those pick and pops and he's wide open and you can just, you can see the real time pick your poison that Rudy's going through. And by the end of game seven, he actually ends up kind of caught doing neither, but to like rewatching these highlights, it really stood out to me like, okay, now the, the two of them together unlocked their, their optimal geometry on the floor. Yeah, it was, I believe game, see eight, August, uh, 25th so it was game five okay yeah so it was game five he had 31 points his best game that series just statistically probably 63 percent shooting so we yeah yoke did that in game five he had the perfect first quarter uh 21 points and then he had that buzzer beater too right at the end of the first quarter buzzer yeah the and then uh, yeah like the runner yeah and like that is with the nuggets down three one and like needing that quarter to survive that that's just classic yoke if you think about it um and as poorly as the nuggets looked you know like the the their frauds people were just ready to line up and 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 have their go you walk away from that series i think first and foremost with everyone not just nuggets fans a different impression of jamal a different perspective on jamal and then flowing from that a different perspective on the nuggets entirely as disastrous as it looked jamal looked good enough to be a second best guy, if not in some series, the best guy. And once that sort of fell into place for people, I think everyone started to look at Denver a little differently. Yeah. That's when every, everything came together, like best, uh, best combo, like in best young guys put together when they're both at their peak. And you have to even give credit to yoke uh, in that time. He, he was, you know, he had a good series. He could do what he wanted, but he took a step back. Like this guy is going off. This guy right. is doing so well. I'm going to destroy this team in different ways. It does not have to go through me every single time. And I know that we're going to be at our best if I let Jamal go, go off. If I put our team in different situations, if I allow, you know, Jamal Murray to have, you know, these huge games and I'm still able to do what I have to do um, with the, defensive player of the year, you know, all decade defender against me. 
Yeah. Some other notes from that game. I'm just looking at the box score right now. This was the game that Gary Harris initially came back for. Remember, he, he right. missed the first five games of this series, comes back in game six, plays 21 minutes off the bench, is a plus 16. That was the thing about this game. Jamal Murray was a plus 12, but the Nuggets bench crushed the Jazz bench in this game. Torrey Craig was a plus 18. Michael Porter Jr. was a plus 21. Michael Porter's Jr. Michael Porter Jr.'s line this game, guys. 28 minutes, one of seven from the field, 0 of five from three, two points, 12 rebounds, plus 21. Hmm. Crazy. Uh, Mason Plumley, who in that highlight had just two ridiculous plays that I forgot about. That two-handed block just was one it. of them. He was a plus 11. Gary Harris was a plus 16. So a huge game for the Nuggets bench. And then Gary, of course, had that poke away in, in game seven. That that was also a defining. That's moment. right. That's right. It's funny yeah. that I almost forgot about that. It's ultimately, arguably, the biggest moment of the series, and I, I forgot that Gary came in and and then, you know, we remember the Jamal aspect of this, but there was also like neither Jamal or Donovan could stay in front of each other, and I forgot, you know, how how much Gary returning changed changed the complexion of this series. Yeah, Mitchell had forty four to, to ma- try to match Murray's 50 in this game six. What a ridiculous um, duel. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Donovan Mitchell was dropping bombs from everywhere. He had like nine threes in the game, like where like the, his career high was in the playoffs. Um, it was on both sides. It was a historic night for both players. Um, yeah. Luckily Denver got the win. Everything about that series was just crazy. Do you remember the stories about how, I don't think it was after game six, but it was after a game that was during the day, I think, where the Nuggets beat the Jazz. It might have been after, you know, game one, potentially, but Jamal just sees Donovan Mitchell just like at the pool in the bubble. That's right. After yeah. those two, I just put up dueling 50 point games. It just like everything about that series was so wild, man. It's it's going to be tough to top. Just that series and those swings of emotions that we had night in, night out, man. That's why I'm so thrilled that the NBA, we talked about this on the Schedule Mania episode, but the NBA is finally wising up to this. How about three Utah-Denver games on national TV, which makes sense. Every time these teams play, it's a classic. They're legitimate rivals, and they're both quite good. So if there's ever going to be a time where you try to market and showcase this this rocky showdown matchup, it's this era. It's this current iteration of the NBA. So nice to see them embracing that. Yeah. Well, it was an all-time moment. And look, like, it's going to be tough for, I think, anyone on the Nuggets or even maybe the Nuggets, like, top the emotion that was felt during that 3-1 oh. series comeback. An NBA championship might be the only way to do it. Jamal Murray is the official starting point guard of the Denver Nuggets. Breckenridge Brewery is the official brewery. We are, we love their beers, we love their seltzers, particularly that mild ice Sleek blue, sleek design. You know it if you've seen it. You don't know where to get it. Check out the Breck Beer Locator. Yeah, that music was really distracting. It's a full Monday episode for you here. If you're not sure where to find it, check out the Breck Beer Locator. Punch in uh, the Mile High City Copper Logger. Punch in your address. This part's real neat. It's going to tell you exactly where you go. And he's back. Um, so, yeah, Breckenridge Brewery. Check out their farmhouse. You can order delicious 
food and booze for pickup, call 303-803-1380 from 12 to 8 p.m. for pickup. Use code DNVR to save $5. Now, if you're not as much of a beer person, but you like getting down, you like having fun, and you like doing it with the DNVR family and our network of wonderful partners, well, have you heard about Solace Meds? We've got they've got smoke and hot September deals for you at the one and only Solace Meds. The premier dispensary is always hooking it up. They always have incredible deals for you every single month. Uh, they have four convenient Colorado locations: one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge. I know English. One off Broadway and one just blocks away from East Colfax at the DNVR bar, uh, near the DNVR bar. Here's what you can look forward to in the month of December. Can America gummies are 25% off. Strains tinctures are 20% off. Rockin' cartridges are 25% off. Glacier concentrates are 20% off. Labor Day sale uh, coming up September 6th. Buy three, get the fourth for 10 cents. Patriots Day, 9-11, buy three, get the fourth for 10 cents. And remember, if you head into any location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention the DNVR20 code. So remember, DNVR20 at any of these locations, you're going to get 20% off. Plus, you get a free Solace Bar or King Cone, and you can stack that with their monthly deals. Check out Solace Meds. Don't miss out. Welcome back to the DNVR Nuggets podcast. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure to use the code DNVR when you sign up and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Let's hit the mailbag, Kale. Uh, we got a lot of great questions from the DNVR Nuggets Discord. Also, shout out to the Discord. Um, popped on there, asked for some questions uh, last night and this morning. We got some great ones. And we also got some great ones from Twitter. So let's start with this one from our guy, V8 Tiger, our guy Josh. Uh, firstly, how is the sleep in today, assuming Mars isn't on the show? Secondly, what player moment that we've never seen before would you like to see happen this season for me it's an mpj buzzer beating game winner a la gary versus okc this is a great question um the sleep in today was good first of all i like i like the 12 o'clock start rather than the 10 a.m start 10 a.m start was rough um i love the second part of this question what do you think guys what's one moment one play that you want to see from a specific player this year so I wanted to ask you guys, because I can't remember off the top of my head. I know Monte is the king of the first and third end of quarter buzzer beaters. But does Monte yes. have any game winning shots under his belt? I don't That's think. That's a good question, man. I That's a good question. think so. And in the event that he does not, sign me up for Mr. Nugget knocking down a game winner as the Nuggets are in a nice little roll and we're all starting to uh, – to forget about our Jamal Murray woes about a month into the season. I think that would I be like that. just to see Monte. Like, I feel like he's closed teams out, like, with just big shots, but not sure. an actual game winner. I think mine's would be a game winner from Will Barton. I just know that every single time that he does something big like that, he has huge, uh, like, um, his interview sessions are just so wild after. Um, and, and those are just cool just to see. Um, so that's what I, w- I would have to go with. Either that or like a just like a real Jokic like dunk on, like a real one. Um, oh, like yeah. just collects a body? Yeah, collects a body where like he's getting asked about it because you know he's going to act like it's really nothing, which makes it a little bit like more disrespectful. Like that's yeah. just nothing. I'm seven foot just dunking on people because you know he's going to joke around with it too. So those True. are my two. True, true. Mm-hmm. 
I think Josh nailed it for me. It's an MPJ game winner because this this regular season, guys, it's gonna be so about Michael Porter Jr. Like I feel like Michael Porter Jr. is the top storyline, and then the next storyline is like three or four levels below that. It, right. To me, this regular season is just all about Michael Porter Jr. How big of a step he takes, how good his chemistry develops with Nikola Jokic, how high he elevates his game on both ends of the floor. That's going to define this regular season, in my opinion. And him getting an iconic game winner um, along that path would um, would be very fitting. So it's it's the MPJ game winner for me. Do you guys remember when Wancho blocked uh, a Golden State layup at the rim to win a game in Denver? I want, I want one of those moments for MPJ. I want a defensive Ooh. game winner. Uh, he he's just pins the game-winning attempt against the backboard. That would get me hyped. And then finally, a little bit out of left field. You know how Jermichael Green, like three times a season, tries to pull off the greatest in-game dunk in history out of nowhere? I want to see him <laughs> yeah. actually flush one of those down. I want that moment. Yeah. He's always just you... right there. He's so close. So close. <laughs> so, vote. do you remember Porter's uh, game? I, I guess I'll call it a game-saving block, potentially, I, against I the do. Clippers? I do, actually. I do. Yeah. So I was thinking, I know he kind of already has one, but that I was thinking of that because that got me so pumped, man. Yeah. He, I, I just looked this up because I couldn't remember what game it was, but um, yeah, game five against the Clippers, he blocked Zubots at the rim um, to kind of help seal right. the Nuggets win and then just got th- this great traffic rebound over Zubots again off of Clippers miss three. But yeah, an MBJ defensive <laughs> highlight. Would be would be very very cool. Um, all right, do we want to continue, Kale? What else do we have in this mailbag? Kale can't hear you. Let's he's, see. He's under. What do we got? What do we got? Okay. From Gregor Peterson, I've got an MPJ jersey in the shopping cart, but I've been waiting on that extension to press buy. Should I send it or give it a little longer? What do you guys think? We're uh, deep into the summer. No Michael Porter Jr. extension yet. Should Gregor purchase the MPJ jersey? Uh, yes. Send it. He's going to be a nugget for a long time. This extension will come through the pipeline. And uh, just get yours now. Just get yours now before everyone else goes to get theirs. Yeah, you're, you're, you're wasting your time with that. Everyone knows that MPJ is part of the Nuggets' future. You're gonna be like looking cool in his, his jersey. You could actually get uh two jerseys from him. He's gonna be around for a while. I also want to point out if you find that the official MPJ jerseys are too expensive, um, how about a sweet showtime shirt from the DNVR merch locker? <laughs> Check that out. Yes. Yes, that's a good other option. Um, I'm gonna come in uh I'm gonna show for the nuggets right here, just full disclosure. Um, I will also give some evidence that contrary to what we've said on this podcast all summer, they have not come to a agreement on a rookie extension with all their guys right when the summer started. Yes, they did so with Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray. But do you guys remember when they extended Gary Harris when that happened? Mm, I don't. It happened on October 7th. So that's an example of the Nuggets coming to a rookie extension with one of their guys before the season started and not right when 
the offseason tips off. So there is some precedent. They don't do the deal right away with all their guys. They've done one right before the season started. So there is some precedent there. I know we've been saying, like, yes, they've they've come to an agreement with all these guys right when the offseason started with Gary Harris. It actually took until October 7th. The other thing, too, is at least from our end, you know, just the, the at least our perceived lack of tension. And if that was there, I think we'd be finding ways to either report about it or sort of talk around it or or sort of let you guys know one way or another that there's something to be worried about. Thus far, none of those red flags are waving. So I think that's part of the the I think the calmness from from the media here. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it still will get done if it doesn't then he's still under contract for next season and then he'll be a restricted free agent. So the Nuggets could match any contract uh, that a team would throw at him. I don't think he's going anywhere though. All right, Kale, let's move along here. What else do we got in the Monday mailbag? Kale's producing this using a satellite from a submarine. So give him, give him some time. (laughs) There we go. From got Zach. I believe this is from the discord. What kind of sets do you want to see to try and utilize Aaron Gordon more on the offensive end on of, end of the floor? You guys have any ideas on on what you would like to see the Nuggets run for Aaron Gordon to get him some more looks? Well, I don't like him with post touches, like where he's like backing a guy down a lot of times. Uh, so yeah. I think like letting him be creative um, as a slasher. So I think like picking pops to like Monte Morris and like guards that like get others involved. So, like, setting a high screen with them and Jokic. So, like, whichever guy makes – I mean, gets the pass can either dump it off or, like, throw it up for a oop because he's slashing from a corner or from another spot even though he's not the initiator. I like those mm-hmm. sets. Yeah, and I just like using him more in screens. I know with Denver he hasn't been a terror around the rim, but with his athleticism on the roll and his his short passing prowess – you know, his quick decision-making, which again, like he's not a, a point guard or anything, but he is a tertiary playmaker. He can make those reads. And then, you know, they, they obviously had that little action with Jamal and he, uh, you know, that can sort of go in different directions in terms of who actually sets the screen for who, who pops out, who rolls, you know, using Jamal's ability to set screens as a guy who once played center at the youth level is now a point guard, you know, taking advantage of that to create confusion, because with AG, we've talked about this before, but it's finding ways for him to do damage in the cracks, right? It's not necessarily making him a top offensive option, but maybe a guy the defense has forgotten to account of and account for uh, in, in in any of one various actions. Yeah, an action that I love that the Nuggets ran a, a little bit, actually probably more than I remember with Gordon is the four five pick and roll with him and Jokic. Mm. I just think that can be really deadly. Just think about this. You're spacing the floor with Monte, with Will Barton, and with Michael Porter Jr., and you're running a Jokic-Gordon uh, pick and roll at like the elbow or at the foul line or a little above the foul line. You have the entire paint to work right. with. Right. So they did run this a little bit last year. They even ran it like against Phoenix in the playoffs, and it worked, I remember. Um, but if you run that pick and roll with Jokic as the ball handler, Gordon as the screener, Yoke comes off of it. You've got Gordon running to the rim th- for the alley-oop. You've right. got three shooters spacing the floor. That can be deadly. That can and, be deadly. And, so that, that worked for Denver last year. I think we'll see more of that. 
Couldn't agree more. I mean, Yoke is just so, so lethal in that position. And if they try to blitz him, like he, that little release dump off over the top to Gordon coming straight down with numbers and a, and a spaced floor, it's so easy for those guys. And this is some of the stuff they were doing at full strength that we, you know, our lasting impression right now is him bricking threes against Phoenix. But there are ways that he helps to to make this offense even more dynamic. Yeah. If you're looking for how Aaron Gordon can get a lot of easy buckets within the Nuggets offense, which he will next season, just go look back at the highlights from the few games right after the trade. Because people don't remember, but he was, you know, putting up some pretty good numbers yeah. in those games. Double-digit scoring good efficiency, a lot of easy shots around the rim. Um, I think he's going to have a better offensive season than than people think because, like you said, Phil, the lasting image we have is that Phoenix series when, when he was not as good. All right, let's go to our next question. Kale, I think we have another one about Aaron Gordon. Perfect. You read my mind, Kale. Yes, you read my mind perfectly. Uh, this is from our guy Connor on Twitter. Shouldn't an Aaron Gordon extension be just as high of a priority for the Nuggets as the one for MPJ, considering what they gave up to get Aaron Gordon? What do you think, guys? Would you look to extend Gordon? Would you have extending him as high of a priority as extending Michael Porter Jr. this offseason? What I'm sure that they're going to do is take a look at the team and the money and making sure that like things work out with their big three, like solidified, then you can make those decisions because um, maybe there has to be sacrifices or like, you know, them trying to come with a compromise on on their end um, financially, because maybe now Aaron Gordon's not getting the 20 million or or so that he's expecting. You have to drop it to like 16 to 18 or or something closer to that. Um, So I think it just, you have to wait to see what happens with MPJ just now that you have Jamal and Jokic like locked in. And then from there, you're just trying to negotiate with both sides of um, how it makes sense. But as far as like his importance to the team and, and what he means, yeah, you have to get something done to bring him back. You, you lose Paul Millsap, uh, you bring in uh, Jeff Green, and you have you know other guys, Jermichael. But those are not the type of guys that you're going to put into situations like Aaron Gordon. They don't you know move the needle the same way that he does. So if you're able to keep him around, um, for a number that makes sense, you're going to do everything you can to keep them. But I do think you probably want to wait and collect more data because you can. How does Denver look? How does Aaron Gordon look in Denver? What is Gordon's number at that point? And can you make any reasonable projections based off the season he, he put forth in Denver as to who you know wants to offer him that 20 million number or whatever and then and then sort of operate from there? I will say as much as I love AG in Denver, this was the win now move. And Jamal was not supposed to tear his ACL. And I think by all accounts, we can feel we can at least frame it this way from Denver's perspective. They should have been uh, in that in those Western Conference finals, if not in the finals. And that's what the Aaron Gordon trade was for. Even if he walked, you know, Tim and co were looking at the situation and saying, this is the win now move we think gets us over the top. And an injury took that away from them. So I say all that to say, if Gordon's number is too high, um, you know, you, I think you got to forget that cost. You got to forget what you traded it for him and, and let him walk. But I, I'm hopeful and, and optimistic that won't be the case. So I think the Porter extension is by far and away a higher priority than this right. one. Um, that's 
item number one, you got to get done this off season. If you get that done and you know, you can do something with Aaron Gordon. Great. Um, it would be very surprising to me if the nuggets did not look to do some type of extension with him, because look, that's just the nuggets MO. Um, if there's a good contract to be made with one of their guys, they're going to do it. And if you also look at what the nuggets gave up for Aaron Gordon, I don't think the Gary Harris piece is that relevant, but the future pick and RJ Hampton, a guy that they loved, a guy that they really did not want to give up. But when you look at the things that Tim Conley had to give up for Aaron Gordon, I think there's going to be some motivation to get a deal done. I wonder, and there are some rules for a veteran extension for guys that aren't on their rookie extensions. Um, you can sign a guy for up to a 20% raise on what he made, you know, in the last year of his contract. And like Gordon is on a declining contract. So I think, you know, the most the Nuggets can offer him is like four years for 87 or 88 million. Mm. So maybe his first year would be around 20 million, which seems like a fair contract, you know, to me for Aaron Gordon. I don't know how he views himself, but that seems like a, a fair deal. Here, here's my thought. Would it be in the Nuggets' best interest to maybe offer him a deal that's like that like tax maybe one or maybe one plus one years onto his contract? Because we talked about the Nuggets being in like this two-year window. Sure. They signed Will Barton to the two-year contract. Jeff Green's on a two-year deal. Jermichael Green's one plus one. But you know, Aaron Gordon's under contract for this season, and then that's it. You know, maybe if they sign him to like one more year, that would be best case scenario. I don't know if Aaron Gordon would want to do that, but just coming at it from a Nuggets perspective to kind of capitalize on this two-year window that we've been talking about, maybe that would be something Denver would be interested in. Right. Then you take a look at this, you know, what you've deemed as a championship group. You pay the tax to stay with that group briefly, and then you have outs, right? If it doesn't look so good or, or disaster strikes again. So I get that. I, I actually want to clarify one thing on what I said about AG. You know, now we're talking about retaining players going into the tax. And I, you know, I'm never going to shill for ownership. The Cronky should just do that. The Cronky should just pay to keep this group together if they Absolutely. look anything, anything close to good enough. Um, what I meant by line in the sand is like if AG in Denver looks terrible this year and he wants every cent that they can give him, maybe, you know, what you don't want to do is fall prey to the sunk cost fallacy and say, well, we gave up a pick. We gave up RJ. You know, we got to keep him. Um, that said, if he looks remotely good and they look remotely competitive, it is time, past time, it's on ownership to open up the wall and keep this group together. I think that the Nuggets come from a good standpoint of this is a year that he should have bigger numbers and better numbers that's closer to, you know, the magic years just because they are missing such a key component on the offense with Jamal Murray being down. Um, and then also we already know that opposing teams are going to do everything in their power to try to slow down Jokic um, and let everybody else go off. So now you go into um, the season with the idea of Aaron Gordon. This is your year to put up big numbers. But if you don't, it's like now we have Jamal coming back. Um, we have Michael Porter Jr. who's more comfortable. We have uh, MVP and Jokic. Now you might have to be looking at a discount because you did not be able to put up those numbers offensively. Right. Now yeah. you have to get it done on the defensive end of the floor, and the numbers are not going to back it up. So I think you're in a strong like you know, suit of 
this is your year to do it all. So we're going to give you this year. If not, let's negotiate and try to figure out some numbers. Yeah, but I think I that's a great point. Yeah. What I don't have a good perspective on, guys, because we don't know them, and we've actually never really gotten to talk to them in person, is you know what is important to Aaron Gordon at this stage in his career? How bullish is he on being what Denver has asked him to be? And is that enticing enough to him to say, look, like smaller role, maybe a smaller contract, fine, but I get to, to compete for titles. Does that matter to him, you know, versus maybe his mindset from when he first got into the league, which was, I'm going to make a lot of money throughout this career. Yeah. I'm glad you went there, though, because that's exactly where I was going to go. Do you remember Aaron Gordon's postgame press conferences when he first got to Denver? I do. People would people would ask him, like, so what's it like to play with Jokic and, you know, Jamal Murray? And he'd just be like, man, it's it's incredible. Like, he couldn't stop smiling. The remember? Relief. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was real. It, it was like he got a new lease on his basketball life. It, basketball had never been easier for him in his career than it was – when he got to Denver, it was just totally different than playing in Orlando. And yeah, he was the fourth or fifth option. You know, Denver really counted on him for his defense, not so much his offense. He wasn't getting the type of shots that he got in Orlando, obviously. And last year, he loved it. He was great with playing that role. It's the role he knew he was brought here to play, and he was totally fine doing it. Um, I, I love what Dev said, where next season... He's going to get a chance, especially with Jamal Murray out, to do a little bit more on offense you know, than he did right when he got here until Jamal Murray got hurt. So I feel like he's going to like that. Now, what is he going to want in his career past that? I don't know. Um, I think it's probably too early to tell. Is he going to want to play the, the smaller offensive role uh, and the heightened defensive role that the Nuggets wanted him to play when they had a fully healthy squad here. Will he want to do that for his next contract? I don't know. It's probably too early to tell. He right. could. I, th- I think there's a pathway to him wanting to, but probably too early to tell. Although I do want to say we've sort of danced around answering the actual question, probably because I think we're all unanimous on this front. The The Porter contract matters most. Like you get your three stars in place if you can, and then you figure everything else after that. And I think looking at Porter and Gordon, Gordon qualifies as everything else. Porter's that, that third leg. Yeah. Should be, uh, should be exciting to watch Aaron Gordon uh, this season. I'm just, I'm just excited to see what, you know, the Nuggets offense looks like and what kind of tweaks they make um, without Jamal Murray, at least for the first part. Have you guys heard about ball as in ball arena, as in the uh, aerospace technology company, as in the, uh, the, the, the company with that aluminum plant, can plant right here in Golden. I've heard we talk, of them. We I've talk about them all the time. Yeah, their name's plastered on the arena. And uh, it's it's plastered all over DNVR these days because they're our partners. And they're hiring right now in Golden. So if you text Golden to 77222, uh, you'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. Or simply text Golden to 77222. Again, that aluminum can plant is hiring. If you're looking for work, we'd love to throw you their way. Check out Ball. Also, guys, while we're on the topic of Ball, let's talk about Manscaped, the best in men's grooming. Uh, I and and all of us here on this show were the beneficiaries of that uh that performance package 4.0 which includes the lawnmower 4.0 
the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is an underrated part of that package, by the way. Gotta take care of the nose bush, fellas. Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag, which is Wynn's favorite part. Do not miss out on all the tools that make it easiest to manscape something I think we often forget to do or put off because we don't have the right tools for the job. Well, you can now just go to Manscaped, use code DNVR. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. And there's usually a third read, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's right. DraftKings, America's top rated sportsbook app. And the uh, sponsors of the presenting sponsors of this podcast, they also paid for they a read, are. which I'm pulling up right now. Football is around the corner. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. With the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers play along at home. If you're listening, I'm sure you can guess. It's $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Again, did you hear me? Did you hear me correctly? If you go to DraftKings Sportsbook now and you place a bet of $1 or more on any game, you're going to receive $200 in free bets just for placing the bet. Uh, they did not forget about current customers, by the way. All customers can participate in this DraftKings Week 1 no-brainer. Every single one of you. So don't miss out on this free wow. money. Remember to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up. But again, you don't have to be a new user this time. All users, place one but all bet. Win free, free, win free $200 in bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per, pus- per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. That's wild that DraftKings is doing that for all customers. Because it's usually yeah. just for new users, but that's for anyone. So, hell yeah. I'm getting in on that. $200 gonna, in free bets. I'm going to cash those $200 in free bets. That's that's going to fund my entire nugget season of just listening to Dev and raking in the winnings. So I'm in. <laughs> we should do something where we see how much we can turn that 200 into just by oh, I'm following down. Dev. Oh, that's a perfect. Right. That's a great idea. All right, we're back here on the DMVR Nuggets podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, as you just heard. Use code DMVR when you sign up. Let's get to some more questions here. We're running through the Discord questions because we're putting priority on those. Um, So let's go to the next question we got from the Discord from our guy, Sweet Baby Ray. Has Malone given any indication on if or how he would modify the offense going into this coming season? Uh, Well, I can say he's given no indication so far, but my, my, my feelings on something he is going to do is there's going to be a lot designed for Michael Porter Jr. Mm. And Malone has mentioned this in the past, and it's come to fruition a little bit, but he has mentioned in the past that he wants to put in some things for Michael Porter Jr., kind of like the heat run for Duncan Robinson, like really quick dribble handoffs, really quick catch-and-shoot stuff from three, the Nuggets have put in some of that stuff with their offense. I think we're going to see even more kind of specialized pet plays for Michael Porter Jr. Like, remember when the Michael Porter Jr. playbook consisted of, like, two plays? 
One I of do. them was one of them was the pick and pop on one side of the floor that Denver just ran like every time he was in the game. I think there are going to be a lot of specialized actions and plays for MPJ this coming season. Well, that's really exciting because I think that's right on the top of everyone's wish list in terms of how he changes it. Do want to say we haven't gotten a chance to speak to Malone much recently, so we haven't gotten to even really sort of pick his mind with regards to that question. But yeah, I mean, we'll care. I'm curious to see if and how it changes at all with Morris in there instead of Murray. But mm-hmm. I don't know how much it has to, you know, that's sort of the beauty of, of the Monte Jokic pairing outside of the fact that in those crunch time minutes, obviously you're probably turning to a Barton Jokic two man more than a Murray Monte, but I don't think it's going to change a ton outside of what Wynn just outlined. Yeah, we there's no like definitive answer, but also just looking at last season and, you know, the new team now, there has to be a lot of changes in ways for guys to score um, a little bit easier. Also, without Jamal and, you know, a lot of it being you're going to give the ball to Jokic and let him create and you're going to have probably more free flowing offense. Um, so you will start to see things like a little bit more clear, but. Also, there's going to be more two-man games with Jokic and MPJ, and you already know how dangerous that is and how dangerous that could be. So putting the ball in Jokic's hand as much as possible and letting him get other guys going, is that's a recipe for success every time. Yeah. I also think one of the plays, probably the most used play in the Nuggets playbook, will just be give the ball to Jokic on the post and clear out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, all right, let's go ahead. Next question, Kale. What do we got here? I believe this is also from the Discord from our guy Flo. What kind of physical or mental prep does the DNVR crew go through during the offseason or in order to be able to handle such a long season? You know what's funny? I actually do treat myself better in the off seasons because I sort of have the time and energy to dedicate to like going to the gym, eating salads every day. Once you go into like media member mode, it's just you're like up until three. It's four cups of coffee a day. You're like grabbing packs of M&Ms on the go. And then you really start to look the part by the end of the season. So the off seasons are very important. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's tough um, covering the Nuggets during the season while working at a bar. While, yeah, that doesn't like, help. Y- your office is at a bar. Um because you know what would be nice is if we had like a juice bar at the DNVR bar. Like that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, right now we have like beers and bar food, which is all really good. Our food and, and our, our drink selection is great, but it's not exactly like the fuel that's going to power you through a regular season. Right. Right. Um, I think that that was a great question. Um, what I do is I just judge myself based off of Eric. So whatever is happening with Eric, I just say, I got to be doing better than that guy. So that keeps <laughs> me going mentally, physically, uh, emotionally, um, just to see that someone is doing worse than I am. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, yeah, the season grind is is like no other. I always tell people it's usually just, it's either a game day or an off day, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> There's no days of the week. It's just yeah. one or the other. Exactly. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's get to the next question, Kale. We got eight minutes left in the show. Nice. Flying by. Flying by. 
from our guy Levi, Jokic's twenty twenty three free agency was a big topic on the Discord recently. Ugh. How confident are you that he's in Denver? Dark times on the Discord. Come on, uh, Discord. For at least one more big contract, one unlikely circumstances that you could see happening would cause him to leave. You guys remember who is to blame, right, for this this discourse and seed of thought? You guys remember who the first person to introduce this nightmare timeline to the world was? It was Adam Mars. Uh, who was it? Yeah, yeah Adam Mars. Yeah. Don't let him. Don't let him live that down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, yeah. he's here. I think he's here to stay. Um, and I don't think that there's anything to worry about. The only other circumstance is if he just said he was done playing basketball, which we could see that he's like all the way committed. Um, he loves to compete. He just came off of an MVP season in which he feels like. He, you know, he wants to like support his country still, and he's playing at such a high level that I don't see that there's a way that he's not here. Like he's happy. Yeah, one of the factors that I don't think would push Jokic out the door, but you know, maybe could way down the line, is if the Nuggets just suck. You know, like if, if something just happens, I, I I don't know, but but if a bunch of events happen and the Nuggets are just terrible. Right. Um, and, you know, Jamichael Green said it the other day. Losing is boring. Losing brings a lot of problems. You're more stressed when you lose. Your quality of life isn't as good when you're losing. Like, if the Nuggets just turn into a shitty team, yeah, why would anyone want to stay around for that? But I don't I don't see that happening. But, but that's the thing, is that as long as Jokic is here, they won't be. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 I have yeah. – I'm at a 0% concern. 0%. Me too. I'm at 0%. This is a great point by Hubert to the last question. StravaCraft coffee, which we usually have on tap uh, in a cold brew form at the DNVR bar, powers us through the season for sure. For sure. All right, Kale. What else do we got in the good old mailbag? From Jesse Hartman, any ideas on possible Skyline jerseys for this year? I think the Skyline is done, right? I think the Skyline jerseys are done. They had three of them, or they had four of them, or three of them? I think they've done white, three. Is white, black, three? red. Yes, three of them. Three of them. Uh, they, I think they're done. I was going to say, would they do a blue one, the big finale? But I don't know. I don't. I, I could not know less about the jerseys, fellas. Yeah, I think they're done with the skylines. Um, Good run. Kale says four if you count their horrific yellows in the chat. I'm not going to count those because those were those are just different. Different branding, different style. Um, I th- but yeah, I think the skylines are done. They well, they were going to do three of them. They did three of them, and they'll do something else. It was a great run. It's a great run. All right, Kel, what else do we got in the mailbag? Probably time for a couple more here. From Mike Shields ninety nine, what can we hope for regarding Thrill and Faku's finishing at the rim this year? Improvement for both would be huge. It's a great, great point, but I think one is a lot more likely than the other. And I think Will Barton was particularly bad in this arena last season. Um, Ideally, or hopefully, optimistically, just coming back from injury. That really seemed to be what sort of sapped him in in that arena. Alternatively, Facundo Campazzo. Now he was a rookie in the NBA, but far from a rookie in basketball, 30 years old. We pretty much know who he is. And it's a guy who's not really posing much of a threat around the rim. 
Yeah, I think that just uh, Martin getting more healthy um, is just going to be like the difference maker with that and just getting that comfort back um, for him. We already know what type of finisher he could be um, when he's healthy. Um, With Faku, like he has to understand that that like separates him and what's like something that he has to be working on during this offseason, shooting and finishing around the rim. So I do think that there will be something – um, different. Also, just probably just um, looking at how other small guards um, finish around the rim. So creating a floater and just being way more consistent with that floater, um, like Tony Parker-ish. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's great a great point. point. Yeah, that's that's a really good point because that floater would help him a ton. Um, with Faku, shot 55% the rim last year. That was in the 39th percentile. So really not good. Will Barton, 56%. That was in the 25th percentile of all uh, wings, I believe. Faku in the 39th percentile of all guards. So not great marks for either of them. Here's why I'm holding out hope for a little bit of improvement for Faku. Did you see the quote he had the other day? I think it was to some Argentinian outlet or some international outlet where he said the biggest adjustment to the NBA for him was the amount of trash talk there was. Mm. And that guy's just trash talk nonstop. And he was pretty much admitting that it got in his head. Huh. Did you see this? I missed that. No, I got it. Show me that link. I'll check that out. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, I'll send it to you. But I wonder if a lot of maybe some of Faku's improvement this next season could just be him being more comfortable being mm. in the NBA. I belong and maybe, here. Yeah. yeah, maybe his mind was just going 100 miles per hour the whole time. He was always playing at this super frenetic place pace, but that is him in a sense, but maybe he can play at that pace while also having the game slow down in his head. And maybe that helps him finish at the rim a little better because you guys remember like he would get into the paint sometimes last year and then just throw it up and he would like bang it off the glass and he wouldn't even get rim on some of these layups. Like that happened a couple different times. So maybe some of his improvement, could just be him being more comfortable in the league, being more used to the size and athleticism that he's going against, the length on inside. Maybe some improvement could come there. And then, yeah, yeah, with Barton, him being healthy, I think, is the biggest thing that could help him improve more. And with Faku, it's not just ability, it's willingness, right? So, like, the, the marks around the rim are poor, but also just how many times did he have a layup that he never even looked to take? And I think that's one difference for him playing on the Denver Nuggets in the NBA is he's not always going to get to be El Mago and have the ball in his hands and 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 sort of just kind of create threats the way he's used to. Part of it is just going to be, look, putting some pressure on the defense, at least pretending like you're going to score so that's something they have to consider because without that sort of collapsing threat, and again, he didn't have dynamic role partners very often either when coming off the bench. There's just no, it, everything's just a kick out and, and mm-hmm. you're just sort of waiting for someone to ch- juck up a three. Mm-hmm. All right, Kale, let's go with maybe one more question here. Uh, before we get out of here, we're through all the discord questions. Let's go to one more from Twitter. If you have to rob a bank with three DNVR members, who would they be and what are their roles? Yeah, so this was technically about the Nuggets, but I'm not going to put any of us in that position. <laughs> um, 
Well, I just tell you what, I'm going to just I'm going to let Adam be the mastermind because he's just going to talk over whoever is the mastermind <laughs> anyway. So let's just let him do it. Who would be the getaway driver? That's my question. Um, oh, we'll go, I would go with Lindsay. Lindsay. <laughs> Lindsay. <laughs> Lindsay Let's be like, go, go, go. Get in the car. Get in the car. Yeah, get in the yeah, car. She, <laughs> to, to drive away for sure. One time I was in a car with Rudo and he just took a real casual right, right hand turn onto a one way left way street. And the calmness with which he put both of our lives in danger and then navigated his way out of it. That's my guy. I got to go there. Or uh, with Rudo, rather, but Eric on his scooter, as Josh just suggested, is a Eric good. would uh, Eric would draw up our disguises. He'd be in charge of the wardrobe. Yes, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. See, yeah, that's a good one. I would go with Eric for sure. Um, Ryan, I'm gonna have Ryan because he's just gonna downplay everything like it does not matter. Like, no, 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 that's not how you rob it. This is how you would rob it. He's gonna downplay <laughs> every single thing that happens there. And then I want Lindsay as my driver for sure. And I don't think that eat, like none of those guys are gonna talk. No one's gonna talk if, if we got caught or if someone got caught, they just- Eric, like, will t- Eric would rat us all out for five less years for sure. <laughs> but I also, I think we should send Ali Monroy up to the teller. Um, just she's our actual feet on the ground in the bank because no one's going to see it coming. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say this, Ray. I can't believe you beat me to it. Kale's hacking into the security cameras. That's his, that's his role. We are going to jail. <laughs> we are going yeah. to jail. Yeah. If it's anything like the production on today's show, Kale. <laughs> Just all right, I think that's all the time we got for today before Brendan fights with Kale anymore. Kale, <laughs> I'm sticking up for you. I'm sticking up for you, man. You got you got and a lot on your plate these days. With great power comes days. great responsibility, Kale. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Fun mailbag show today. Fun looking back on Game 6. I can't believe that was only one year ago. Wow. Crazy. We'll be back tomorrow with another show on Tuesday. A lot to talk about. A lot happened uh, news-wise, or a few things happened news-wise with Nuggets over the weekend. We'll get into those on Tuesday because we didn't get to them today. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys then. If you're looking to go back to school, maybe finish up your undergrad degree, or maybe you've already gotten your undergrad, you're looking to go back to school, get another degree, MSU Denver Online is really the best option that you could ask for super affordable and they give you a great education a lot of the teachers at msu denver online actually work in the field that they're teaching so it's a great networking opportunity as well and like i said it's really affordable msu denver online is also offering free application fees so you can use dnvr sports to waive your application fee at msu denver online if you're signing up for maybe classes in the upcoming fall semester So no matter what type of student you are, no matter what type of schedule you're working, check out MSU Denver online today. You can view their entire course list at msudenver.edu backslash online.